0: So good to see you all here. My name's Jessie, in case you didn't know, um, and yeah. Um, I'm really excited tonight because my sister and my niece are here. Um, so
1: it's the first time that I've had family while I'm speaking, so it's very exciting. Um, so they're just going to be in the back. My sister drew me a picture. It's very nice.
0: Um, yeah, so yeah, it's great to be speaking. Um, the verse, um, so some of you guys have started meeting with seasonal guides um, we're already and stuff like that, so you've um, been looking at um, Hebrews 2 14 to 18. Um, but when I was like starting to look at this, I just got like, Real nerdy Anglican on it. Um, So, we're part of this uh, church tradition, the Anglican Church, that uses um, the church calendar. Um, So, just one calendar is not enough. Um, Gregorian, but also church calendar. Um, This is, yeah, um, over the last couple of years, me kind of like getting to know what this means. Um, And it kind of maps onto our year, like different seasons um, that we move through. and yeah, like these kind of these like seasons that go through but um also these moments like one off days that we like remember and celebrate. Kind of like birthdays and anniversaries, but they're like Saints Days and um today is um the day that um we remember Jesus being presented at the temple. Um so as a little baby. Um that's not happening in hebrews obviously but um so as i kind of like looked at that i looked at some of the other verses that are listed for today um because we have this great thing also called the lectionary just getting like a download of anglican info admin um but um yeah it's it it's pretty much just a bible reading plan um but they've done like a little bit of work for you and kind of like drawing some verses together that kind of speak to one another. Um, and so I've got connectedness in my top five. Um, and this was just like, ah. um, so great. So um, yeah, I was just um, looking through these three verses and um was like, oh. Maybe it won't matter too much. It's still summer, right? It's still summer series. Um, we'll just do all three verses. It's fine. Rose won't mind. <laughs> is that all good? Cool. Um, <laughs> otherwise, this will be a really short sermon. Um, yeah. Um, so, was looking at these um, three three services. Um, so, Jesus being presented at the temple um, as a baby is as a moment of confirming both the divinity and the humanity of Christ. Um, he is not just a human, but Um, He's actually God and He's here to save the world, not as like just one or the other or like 50-50, but like fully human and fully God. Um, So, um, yeah, it's it's quite a big concept um, to have when you're like a little baby um, or like if you're the parent of a little baby, because this is mainly, like, I can imagine Mary and Joseph there. Um, But all of this means that like, Jesus... is is fully human. Um, He meets us in our reality. Um, And it's important when we think um, of not only who we believe in, but what we believe in. Um, And yeah, so I was thinking about the last couple of weeks that we've been preaching on, um, shaped around this idea of hope that Tommy and Hamish have been sharing about. Um, And I guess even last week, just the hopes that we have for this year with a new season of Blueprints starting with frogs coming on board and with Scotty and the team going up to Brooklyn um, feel like there's a lot of reasons um, to think about what we hope for um, at the moment. So, um, also handy when you have three passages to do a three-point sermon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you don't get sick of my voice, um, I'm just wondering if I can maybe get some volunteers to help me read through these verses. Um, yeah. Talia, Jeremy, Summer. All right. Um. Cool. Summer, do you want to come up first? Yes, Summer. Come
2: Woo-hoo-hoo! on. Um, can you read? Can you read this here on the screen? I'll send my message. Who will prepare the way before me? Then suddenly, the Lord you are seeking will come to this temple. Oh, uh, no, to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire, will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's refiners fire of norther's soap. He will sit as a refiner of pure, purifier of silver, he will purify the Levites. Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offers in righteousness and offerings to Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as the days gone by as former years.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Summer. Mm-hmm. So that's um, Malachi 3, 1-4. Um, who's feeling ready for a long passage?
1: <laughs> Talia. Talia. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this is Luke 2, 22-40. Just oh, it. It. Thanks. Jessica. you know what you can um it's okay i can read <laughs> no you can't i was gonna say you can cut this part out but no you can't i thought you were no you can't read when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of moses joseph and mary took him to jerusalem to present him to the lord as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. Yeah, you can skip this Just skip that. <laughs> <laughs> Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Cool. Thanks, Talia. Woo! Excellent. All
0: right, and Jeremy, can you read verse 2, 14 to
1: 18? Which is just that word? Sorry. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared their humanity, so that by his death he might break down the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God. And that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted.
0: Nice. Mm. Round of applause to all of you guys for even so far. Cool. Um so yeah, I wanted to look at these three passages and what they tell us about who Jesus is and, and why that gives us cause to hope. So if we look at Malachi 3, um, this is just one of so many prophecies in the Old Testament of a coming Redeemer, um, talking about what that will be like and what they will do. And um, when we looked at um, Jesus in the Catechism series, we got um, some of the, what we used were like the names that Jesus wears, like the different hats he kind of puts on. Um, and here in this passage, Jesus is a refiner, he's a Lord, he's a messenger, he's a purifier. Um, there's a definite sense here that it's not a soft promise and that things will just be fine if you continue vaguely how you're going um it's a little bit yeah terrifying um <laughs> but um it also makes a point of saying that the offerings um, will be acceptable once these claims will happen and there's kind of this sense of like a returning to right like the right way of living um and Malachi is a minor prophet so he's writing in this time where there's um People have just become like so familiar and comfortable with the movements of worship and doing the things right has become more important um, than doing things with the correct heart. The covenant was created between God and his people. Always like put an emphasis on doing things the right way, but at its heart is all about relationship between God and us. And um, yeah, Malachi's prophecy is pretty harsh when it comes to people who have fallen into this trap of, of just doing, letting their hearts grow cold. Um, It kind of like prompts these questions of like, are you ready for the presence of God to dwell with you? And will you recognize him when he comes? And do they even want that? Like, are they kind of just happy going along? So we see in this promise, the promise of what Jesus is, is a deep cleaning of all this like gunky scar tissue in our heart and a return to his presence with us, but also a call to even what is unseen, um, yeah, as we continue to hope for his presence with us. Um, we don't have, we, we have God here with us, but um, we don't have it in its fullness. So, so we still hope for this. Um, yeah, and I was trying to think of like times where I have hoped for what is unseen and like unseeable um, in my life. Um, and I was thinking about last year um, where like some of what I was doing in the chaplaincy, Um, at Vic was um, kind of around like um, seeing like us have a role in um, environmental and climate change um, activism and um, part of what we did is um, host a bottle drive. We still had like all the signs in the house um, when I was cleaning it out today. Um, But yeah, we we hosted that um, alongside others and as part of that I ended up doing this interview for like... Wellington Access Radio, um, and they were asking me about like how as a Christian I felt being part of this, Um, and apparently I used some terms that they didn't understand like creation care, Um, but yeah, I was just kind of thinking about um, climate change is like one of the big
2: (laughs) the biggest issues,
0: Um, and it's we as Christians like what do we offer? Like we offer hope in the midst of this crisis. Not to kind of be like, don't worry, it's all going to be okay. We'll just keep doing what we're doing, kind of go on with this cold kind of like way of working. But we offer hope because even though we don't see it, we believe in this world where the offerings will be right like be right again and um, the like our way of living will be returned and refined and purified. Um, like our lives will be yeah, made completely new in Jesus and um, we'll live in this just new earth um so yeah I think kind of like our call to hope and what is unseen is because um yeah we kind of know we know Jesus is this like is coming again and will will bring um yeah that doesn't lead us to like this kind of empty um empty sitting in and not doing things but like it leads us to act out of that like out of that knowledge um so like to go even harder um to see climate justice, to see justice in all areas of our lives. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like looking at Malachi and thinking about how how we have hope in what is unseen. And then we come to look um, where there's been 400 years since um, the Old Testament has ended and it's kind of ended on Malachi's um, prophecies and um, you know he obviously wasn't the only one. Um, doing this but there's been 400 years of kind of like nothing nothing yet um, and the people of Israel are now this occupied people um, and yeah this passage is quite long but what I want to boil it down to is how Jesus at this moment being this little baby doing this quite normal part of of Jewish culture in occupied Israel um, is is once again um, announced as being the universal source of hope for redemption. Um, I just was thinking about Anna and Simeon and how they're really old and it's heavily implied that Simeon dies really shortly after this interaction. They both would not have lived to see and believe in the ministry, death and resurrection of Jesus. So there's still 33 minus 40 days, years before Jesus turns water into wine, um, and kind of is like, yo, kingdom is here, um, but they still die at peace, having seen the promised one well before there is anything remotely exciting about him. Um, yeah, like, Jesus is 40 days old, and I was thinking, um, my sister understood down because my sister, my other sister recently had a baby who's like, just about four weeks old. Um, And like, at the moment, he's like, the cutest thing. But also, he's just, he's a a baby. Like, he's like, opening his eyes, and um, we're all like, oh, who's he gonna smile at first? Um, My niece smiled at me first, and it was really great. Um, (laughs) Yeah, um, kind of only really interesting to people who kind of have a vested interest in him. Um, So people who like, I love him, um, and like, I love all my nieces, like my flatmates know. I'm like, look at this. Um but I know that they've got like a way lower bar for how much of that they can handle because they're like, Cool, it's it's a kid, but I'm like, but it's but it's my niece. <laughs> and like, yeah, you know, like I'm really excited by it. Like I can imagine Mary and Joseph being really excited in this moment. And then like there's nothing remotely that interesting about a 40-day old baby. He can't really even hold his head up yet. So Then these two people come up to him, like take him in his arms and are just like, this is the salvation plan of all of Israel, this child right here. Like, I can't imagine what that would be like, but it's, I started thinking about how they must have even been like, really God? Like this, this child, like I've been waiting and fasting and praying to see the redemption of Israel like the, the plan that you have and you're showing me this baby like this baby that's here for this quite mundane ritual um you know like just another marker in his life um yeah I guess when I think of that story I think of the promises to God has made to me and how many times I've kind of been in that place of like really God like here like is this this is this is the promise like this is where you want me to be um, and like this is what you're saying like where's the where's the fireworks where's the spectacularness it's just kind of like still a little bit mundane the promises are still kind of a little bit unfulfilled um, yeah I I could talk about a story of karma but then I just thought of the story of um, I prayed to God that I would hear from him more um, and like would hear his voice and would be able to listen to his voice um, and then one time I, like, was lying in bed about to go to sleep and just had this, like, sense of God being, like, put your socks on. And I was like, maybe this is, like, some thing where, like, you know, like Simon, where he, like, he, like, goes and does the thing and then um, something big happens. And so I'm like, okay, okay, I'll put my socks on. i put my socks on and get back in bed. And I'm like, okay, God, what do you want to say to me? And he's like, you just often get cold feet at night and then can't sleep. Like, that, that was all it was. Like I'm like okay cool 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 and like still I'm like on that journey of learning to listen to God's voice but like love that it was just him kind of being like hey just do this thing you're gonna you're gonna sleep better if you have socks on like that that's what I want to say right now um so yeah like, hope in Jesus um, <laughs> <That's so good. laughs> maybe he will tell you to put socks on but um but maybe like these promises like the hope in Jesus that we have is bigger than what we maybe see yet of of the fulfillment of those promises. So if I started this talk with Malachi and a call to action from the hope we don't yet see, then I looked at Luke as a call to joy from the hope not yet realized. Now Hebrews is a call to peace from the hope we can't quite comprehend. So we see here Jesus was God incarnate. And I go back to that thing that I was saying at the beginning, fully human, fully divine, 100% both. It's not 50-50 just Jews. It's 100% somehow both. Um, And we see in this verse also the suffering that Jesus was acquainted with. Another um, Old Testament prophecy in Isaiah, Jesus was promised to be a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. And it's sometimes really hard to reconcile this image of a dusty Middle Eastern man who is acquainted with the deepest of sorrows, with the God of the universe who like created the world that we live in and everything in it um, it's kind of easy to edge off one or the other image to do what we must um, like to, to try and reconcile it in our heads rather than sitting in this like kind of it was like I don't know. The more I think about it, like I tried to write, and I did write a essay on it last year. And the more that I thought about it, the more like tied up and knots I got about how to explain it and how to how to comprehend this. I just like again, it's kind of like encountering the mystery of Jesus is is to not being able to fully understand this. And. Yeah, I guess kind of also thinking about how we hold hope and struggle and pain, and Tommy talked really well about this a couple of weeks ago, um, and and this verse talks about like how Jesus being fully human is kind of like this reason for hope, and I'm like, so thinking about that, um, I just had this image of Jesus, like at the, at the right hand of the Father, and I was like, oh right, that's right. He's there. He's there. He's made it through. He is acquainted with all these struggles, and yet is still um, is still seated at the right hand of, my fa- of the Father. And I think about the hardest places to have hope and the hardest situations to believe there is a way through. We can look to Jesus as as the one who who knows that and is still there. Um, Yeah, there's another name that he's called in this verse, which is merciful high priest. Um, We're told that Jesus is bringing a request to God on our behalf. And this is Jesus and his humanity and divinity together, certain that he will be there in the midst of all this, even in all our uncertainty and all our inability to comprehend it. Um, I went travelling for a little bit, Um, over November, December and um, I was kind of like travelling by myself but when I say that I actually ended up staying pretty much the whole time with friends and family Um, there there was like very little time when I was actually truly by myself Um, but I still had this really big fear when I went over um, because I was kind of doing like travelling by myself I was like oh like what if I get sad like what if I, like, feel a bit stink about not being here with someone else and not being able to, like, kind of share this moment with someone? Um, And kind of, like, had this little bit of fear about being sad in that moment, like, of, like, yeah, kind of being, like, oh, no, like, I've just got to enjoy every moment, like, just got to kind of, like, put on a brave face if it feels a bit bad, but, like, um, I'm, like, don't get sad. And then I just had this moment where I was, like, When in my life has there ever been six weeks that I haven't been, like, even a little bit sad? Like, that's that's actually just normal life, is that we feel sad at times, we feel hurt, we feel like we're missing out on something. And then it's also normal life that we feel, like, joy at something and we really, like, appreciate the situation that we find ourselves in. Um and i started thinking and being like well, maybe i just need to learn how to give these emotions over to god instead of just running away from that feeling of being like scared or being anything mm-hmm. knowing that like jesus felt sad like he wept and jesus felt angry and jesus also laughed with his friends and um yeah i think when we make ourselves vulnerable to to God um, kind of like meeting us in even the emotions that we feel a bit yucky about. um, I think we begin to kind of encounter this hope that um, I so wish I believed more in. <laughs> yeah, so finally having gotten into the content Rose asked me to talk about. Um, <laughs> We see that hope in Jesus is hope for the unseen, the unfulfilled, and the uncertain. Most of last year, I was reading this book called "Surprised by Hope" by Tom Wright. Um, It's great, but it wasn't really what I thought it was about. I kind of picked it up in this idea of like that it would kind of give me some like a boost in the things that I was already hoping for um, in my own life. But to be honest, I don't think Tom Wright really cares too much about my life. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like. Partly because he's never met me and he lives in, like, England, so, you know, probably never will. Um, but partly because he cares about things that are so much more important than, like, the things that I am hoping for. I think, um, you know, his, the end part of the book, I haven't actually finished it. The end part of the book, though, but like the last section, which is where I'm up to. Um, it's a long conclusion. He's a wordy writer. Um... He kind of talks about like hope is like bringing beauty, justice and the knowledge of Jesus to earth. And I kind of had this moment of feeling like a little bit like, oh, I hope that my friends love me by the end of the year. Like, you know, like <laughs> it's just like a little a different scale. Right. Um, and I think God cares so much about me bringing those things to him. But I think he also wants me to care about bringing beauty, justice and the knowledge of Jesus to the world. So I started asking myself what could be the most difficult things to hope in in this world today, even when the end result is unseen or the promise is unfulfilled or the the like feelings and the, like, the way that um, it's going to leave me is a bit uncertain. Um, yeah, what things could I start doing even though they were scary and not safe decisions? Um, I'm going to invite the worship team up and then mistress just walked out. So, I'll grab, yeah, keys. Um, Yeah, I guess those kind of the questions that I want to leave you with as well. Um, if hope in Jesus is hopefully unseen, the unfulfilled, and the uncertain, then what are the things that God wants you to hope in? Um, what's the scariest thing you can think of to hope in? Um, the only way this can be sustained is in a God who is fully human and fully divine Um, the only way that we can like hope for things as great as the climate crisis that we find ourselves in is because we have a God who created this earth and has a plan that is as yet unfulfilled Um, and the only way that we can yet still still believe and hope in the midst of suffering and uncertainty um it's because we have a god who has been there and has been has suffered and yeah um maybe if um we just stand and get ready to worship but ponder on those questions um and think about maybe for this year going
1: a uh-huh. uh-huh.